Good morning, Thrive Church. How we doing this morning? It's great to have you guys with us, man. Y'all sound kind of energetic for a Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I want to welcome you guys and also those joining us online. We are finishing a series called Recalculating. We've been looking at how do you engage the will of God for your life? How do you understand the plan of God, which uh, it's hard to understand, right? And each week, I've tried to help you understand a different facet of that. Uh, today, turn your Bible to Luke 17, Luke chapter 17. And before we jump into today's message, I do want to share this. Uh, Pastor Keith will share some more with you about this. But one thing we do each year is the Accelerate Offering. Now, before you check out, before you get mad and grab your wallet or your phone or whatever you pay with and say, what is this all about? This Accelerate offering right here, what, what it is built for, it is built for one thing. This is not, again, for anything within the church here. This goes to church planting, and then some portions go to missions as well, but the majority of this goes to church planters. These are people starting brand new churches who are trying to reach people that you will never, ever meet. And what we've done over, over our last 12 years is we've launched one campus and we've launched three other churches. That takes a lot of money, a lot of trade. That's great, right? Some churches never do that. And we've had a chance in 12 years to do that. And so this offering each year, what we do with this is when you give to it, what we do is we have like a church planner. If last year we launched Revive Church and that was right out of our Richmond campus, right? Like they meet there on Saturday nights, 6 p.m., they, they renovated the fellowship hall and they get to meet there. And they are reaching people that would never come to the Richmond campus on Sunday morning, right? A whole different group of people. Pastor Drew and his team doing an amazing job, but um, they could have done it without the Accelerate offering and we couldn't have supported them. And what we did was this. We said, we will match you up to a certain point each month of what you can raise and what your people can give. And we did that for a whole year. Um, and so, the, oh, that, that's great, right? That's, I mean, here's, okay, clap, say, yeah, say, oh yeah. Here's the downside, though. Um, they're a brand new church, still fledgling, still growing, and need more support. So I said, well, it's all going to depend upon what these guys give for the Accelerate offering, because this has not come out of our budget. This is above and beyond to go to the kingdom of God. Why do we call it Accelerate? God has a vision. His vision is he, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? So we could be reconnected to have everlasting life. That's his vision that none should perish, well, the number one way to reach people, study every statistic in the world, is through local church planting, planting churches where people go and they're saved and they're baptized and they're discipled and they're growing. That's the number one way that we get America out of the ditch. Everybody complains about it. It's church planting. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And so, again, our church, 650K, our vision is not about Thrive Church. It's not about being the coolest church on the block. It's not about you know, having all the bells and whistles. It's not about having the greatest facility in the world. I, I can send you to some friends' churches that they spend millions upon millions upon millions just on the facility alone. It will look and smell much better than ours. I mean, it's great, right? Um, our vision is 650K. We cannot reach 650,000 people alone, can we, in Richmond? But we can through partnering with other local churches and planting brand new churches. So I wanna to submit to you, as we talk about this, don't, don't, don't check out. Um, to give you just a little brief number, I'll share this again as we go, only 55 people out of the several hundred that attend these campuses gave last year to the Accelerate Offering. Only 55. Um, just turn a deaf ear, not my problem. Guys, we wanna see lives changed. We wanna see lives changed, amen? That's the whole goal. This does not go to anything within this church. 100% goes out for the gospel. And so 
Amen. So right now, while we're saying this, here's what happens. Right now, while we're doing this, there's a church in Connecticut meeting right now because you chose to give. Right now, like, like, like there's a church in Chester meeting because you chose to give. Right now, no, 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 right, right now, well, the Richmond campus is getting ready because you, and on Saturday nights, there's a church that meets every Saturday night reaching a group of people we'd never reached using our campus because you chose to give. I could go on and on and on about all the churches we blessed because of this in this community. That's our reputation. I want you to pray. Don't feel pressured. If you don't give, if, if you don't want to give anything and you don't, you're not really invested into the kingdom of God and as far as church planning, that's, that's, that's your call, not mine. Pray about this. Pray about this because we want to see lives change and we want to leave a legacy here in Richmond that goes beyond just these four walls. Amen? So I want to share that with you. Pastor Keith talked talk more about it, but I really felt led of the Lord as I saw that to speak to you about it. Well, Today, I wanna um, talk to you about something about thanks. Now, usually I'm not a guy who does a Father's Day message or Mother's Day message. I don't ever, uh, I couldn't imagine the Apostle Paul, you know, showing up at Ephesus. He's like, today we're gonna talk about mothers, right? Um, that just wasn't his thing, right? Um, that wasn't how they, they, they had, uh, approached discipleship. But I do wanna talk to you today about thanks. And I want to submit to you today that being thankful is not gonna be enough to be honoring to God in your life. If we just come out of a season of Thanksgiving, right? How thankful we are, how blessed we are. But I think if we just stop at thankfulness, we're gonna miss something very important that if you're able to grasp this could change your life. And in Luke 17, Luke actually uh, records a time when Jesus encountered this and, and, and his disciples had a teachable moment about this. Now what's happening in Luke 17 is Luke is the writer of this gospel. Very important to note because he was a non-Jew. And so when you read the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke is all about Jesus cares about lost people. That's what he cares about. It was always lost people, the lost sheep, the lost coin, right? The lost son, always that. It was Jesus crossing these lines of racism that the Jews dealt with and they even had in their hearts toward people like Samaritans. And, and Jesus was edgy with these things here. He kind of like, he ministers more to Gentiles in the Gospel of Luke than any other Gospel. And so what he's doing is, in Luke 17, he's teaching about faith, right, to them, what faith is. And then after this, this encounter, he's talking about, talking about the kingdom of God. And it's almost like, in between it, he says, okay, let me give you a teachable moment to demonstrate what I'm talking about. And so Luke records in Luke 17, 11, he says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached a border between Galilee and Samaria. This is very important. This is like, you, as Jews, you, you just don't cross this here. They hated Samaritans. Because Samaritans were not fully Jewish. Samaritans had their own first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch, right? They had their own Mount, Mount Gerizim, where they worshiped. And then, you, know, you have, again, Zion and, and uh, you know, their, their own mountain. They were just always arguing about different things, uh, come religiously and race, uh, racially. It says, as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus said, don't you cry no more. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they were crying out. I gotta keep you all awake on Thanksgiving weekend, right? If you can survive my terrible jokes, you can survive anything. So verse 14, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now to you, you're like, okay, cool, just go to church. That's fine, just like go, go up to, but they were not allowed to go into the community because of leprosy. It was forbidden in Deuteronomy, right? Leviticus, you could not go in because you could infect other people. They had no cure for it. And you could not go in and show yourself to a priest unless you were already cleansed. 
Like you were, you were completely healed of it. And the priest had to test you to make sure. And so they could have been stoned to death by going to the temple to say, I mean, imagine walking to the temple with leprosy. They would kill them. So this is an extreme act of faith that Jesus is asking. He says, and as, it says, and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. That's a whole other sermon for another day. But as they were obedient to Jesus, as they were going, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell down to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked his disciples, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. It's beautiful here that Jesus, again, seen as the one who would minister to those nobody else would minister to. In the Jewish faith, uh, if you were sick, it probably meant that you, you did something wrong. Something bad, you know, if you done something bad, now God's cursing you with sickness. And that's kind of what they, and the Greco-Roman Empire believed if you were poor or sick, the gods didn't favor you. And Jesus is the very one who engages with the people who are on the fringes there, especially the Samaritans and those with leprosy. And what happens is he, all of them get healed, right? They all experience healing. I'm sure they were thankful. But he says there's one that returned and did something way different than anybody else did. And I think what we can learn from this passage, I just want to help you today and help me is this, is you have to understand that thankfulness just isn't enough. Thankfulness just isn't enough. Because many of us have been reflecting upon how thankful that we are, right? You sit around and maybe um, whether you were with family or not with family, I was thankful that you know, I didn't have to go do any family stuff, amen? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, a very, very morbid joke, but I'm like, yeah, my family's dead. My, my parents are dead. I don't, I don't have to go like you to go do all that, right? You know, because there was some nice, Pastor Keith sits, and there's been some tense moments at Thanksgivings uh, with things of that nature. But we all have a tendency during Thanksgiving to reflect and be thankful for something, right? And we think about it. But I want to submit to you today that thankfulness just isn't enough because nine of them were thankful. They were obedient to Jesus. They were obedient. They, they went and they could have been killed if they got to the temple and they were still had leprosy. So we know they were thankful. But the one Samaritan did something that the other nine didn't do. And the one Samaritan did something that many of us never do or rarely do in our life. And it's, he just wasn't thankful. And I want you to understand this. You can be thankful without being grateful. You can be thankful without being grateful. Because thankfulness is an internal reflection upon things that are happening to you or for you. So on Thanksgiving, I did take time to internally thank God, to reflect upon the goodness and faithfulness of God in my life, to take a walk out in the sunlight. I love that. Just talk to the Lord and thank him for that. But that was just for me and God, right? I was thankful. I just talked to him. I just told him. I was thankful. But thankfulness is not gratitude. And if you just stop there at thankfulness, you're going to miss what gratitude can do for you and what gratitude can do for people around you. And so I want you to write this down if you're wondering what's the difference is this. Thankfulness is just an attitude while gratitude is an action. 
You can have a thankful attitude and just kind of walk around, yeah, I'm really thankful, I'm really thankful. Gratitude is an action. Nine were very thankful. One came back, he got on his knees and expressed his thankfulness to God. The rest of them didn't. And I think in our lives, we can miss it because we can be thankful for things, but never be grateful for things. And gratefulness is when it goes beyond you. Like, the, again, the reason you do all that you do for the Lord is you're, it should be because you're grateful. Gratitude will fuel everything in your life that you need to have it fueled. Anywhere you see a vacuum in your life and you're saying, I, I, you know, I have this negative part, this, be, start being grateful. Start looking and being and acting grateful where you actually act upon it. Think about it. I talked about, you know, the Accelerate offering. Some of y'all are like, you got really mad at me, right? Do you know the reason that, that, that I'm generous and I give? It's not because I, I have to. There's nobody holding a gun in my head. It's because Jesus rescued me. I was, one of those, I was one of those lepers. I had no future. I was disconnected from God and from community. Jesus had mercy upon me. So I'm like, whatever I gotta do, right? Like, I want, I want to show God how thankful and grateful that I am for what he's done. The reason, if you look at people who lift their hands during worship, it's like, you know, you're probably thinking, well, that's, that's kind of weird. You know, I grew up, we didn't do that. Only those Pentecostals or those people did that stuff. We didn't do that, you know, right? That's crazy, I would never do that. You know what that is? They're grateful. The, the one man came and got on his knees praising Jesus. The rest of them are like, well, in my, my Samaritan culture, we don't do that. Oh, that God's doing, we'll just keep, keep moving along here. Just keep hands down. You know, like, you're expressing. That's what gratefulness is. It's an expression, an outward expression to God and to others about how thankful you really are. And some of us just stop at thankfulness. Like the reason that you serve, it's the reason that you serve the Lord, the reason you show up early and wear a serve team shirt and you engage isn't because you have to or you feel guilty or pressured. It's because you're like, you know what? I was that leper and Jesus rescued me and redeemed me through the cross and now I am just so eternally grateful. I wanna do whatever it takes. And so many times I think that in our lives we are thankful but not grateful. I mean, we probably had the attitude, well, I mean, God, God knows I'm thankful. He knows I'm grateful. I don't have to show it. I don't have to serve or give or, or lift my hands. I don't have to do any of that stuff. Could you imagine if you did that in every other relationship, how that would work out for you? <laughs> Get my wife a gift. <laughs> she knows I love her. Leave notes around, a little cute. No, I don't have to do that. I mean, my dad's idea was, they know I love them. I give them money. I don't have to say it. And my brother didn't hear the word I love you until he was 37 years old and it was near death. That's gratitude, is when you express that for someone else. Could you imagine your children? Like I tell my son all the time the things I'm grateful for him about. He's, he's empathetic, he's thoughtful, he's caring. And I'll say, buddy, you know, I'm really, I'm just really grateful for you and I'm grateful that you're so empathetic. Like he calls me on Thanksgiving to check and see how my, he's eight years old. How's your Thanksgiving going, dad? Are you having a good time? Like, he cares for me, and I tell him those things. That strengthens a bond and a relationship. You know what destroys it? The opposite of that. Well, I'm thankful, they know it. All that I do, and you're never specifically showing how grateful you are. And here's my fear, guys, I want you to, to write this down here, is a lack of gratitude will gradually destroy our joy. 
That's what it does. A lack of gratitude, if you're like, well, I'm not gonna be grateful, I'm not gonna have this action of gratefulness, it's gonna destroy your joy. Think with me for a moment. Um, anytime that you have, you have gratefulness and you have complaints, they can't coexist. There's only one space. I'm, I'm, I'm a therapist says, he says, you know, you have space for compassion or anger and you gotta choose what you're gonna give to people. Because you can't, both of them can't occupy the same space. One's gonna take the other one over. And so when you lack gratitude, you're going to destroy your joy. Because all you see is the negative. What they don't do, what they don't say, what they didn't give you. And that happens with everything. It happens, I mean, when you, I mean, just think back. Like, one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself when you're at odds with your spouse is, why did we even get married in the first place? If you trace yourself back, you'll say, well, everything was cute about them, right? Oh, he's just so forgetful. He forgets everything. He's so cute. <laughs> now it's like, that son of a gun, he just does you know, like, and you just, we begin to demonize the very things that we idolize, and then we start complaining. And that complaints begin to fill our space there. And then you don't have, you don't have what we call oxytocin. That's the love you know, hormone that pumps through our bodies. And you, can't, you don't have to bond with people or your spouse. Church. You just love this brand new church you're coming to. It's amazing. Then over the years, it's like the complaints just start piling up on you. And all you know, well, it's, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's too quiet. It's too loud. It's too light. It's too dark. It's like, you know, it's like, and you just start you finding everything wrong with it. And then you wonder why you have no joy anymore. Think about your faith. First come to faith in Jesus and you're on fire. You're excited. I mean, you just love Jesus. Don't care about anything else, right? And then over time, just complaining about life. Worried about problems. And what happens? Because you're so worried about problems and complaining about life, you lose the space for gratitude because there's complaints there. That's what Jesus said, don't worry. Because he knew worry destroys worship. He said, you can't hold space for both of those. And that's why if we don't understand the power of gratitude, not thankfulness, then we will not be able to have joy in our lives. And I think some of us, as you're sitting here thinking, when's the last time you expressed gratitude to someone else? When's the last time you expressed gratitude to God? Where it wasn't you just went and, okay, yeah, I went to church. The nine went to church. The one stopped and did more than what the nine did. He expressed gratefulness. And I want you to write this down today because here's what I believe that we actually lose and lack gratitude. There are three reasons. Number one is we forget that we prayed for this. You prayed for the job you hate now. <laughs> you forget that. You forget like you had, you had everybody and their mama praying for you. I gotta get this job. I gotta get this job. You know, we're on prayer list and everything. You get it and you're like, I hate this job. You know, it's like, and, and, and then you, you, you get prayed to be healed. I mean, people all the time like pray for healing and then we never hear anything else. I had to go, oh no, I'm great now. Like, so that's why I had to comment on my son. My son had strep throat and I was like, no, he's great. And I've commented again because yeah, you guys have been praying. He's good, thank you. I'm grateful. But we pray for this. You were single and lonely and wanted a spouse. You got a spouse and guess what? Now you don't like him anymore. <laughs> you should have been at Weekend to Remember with Paul and Carol Melton in the group and that would have helped you out there, Amen. You prayed for that child. Wanted a child, you want children so bad. Oh, I just want children to be a mom and a daddy. You get them and you're like, these little heathens drive me crazy. <laughs> I'm tired, I'm broke, I'm, no, I mean, I'm just, 
good, gracious. And so we forget we actually prayed for this. And we have to be reminded that what you're complaining about now is actually probably an answer to prayer that God answered for you. The second reason is this here. We compare ourselves to others or compare what we have or what they are going through to others. And that steals our, our gratitude because we're thinking, well, I wish I had that. And I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again to you, right? Because you have the spiritual gift of amnesia. That's a gift in the Bible. I know the church will have that. It's this here. What you see on social media isn't real, guys. It's a complete illusion. It's a complete illusion. Those happy couples you see in those happy families were arguing and fighting right before that picture. And they argued and fought right after that picture. I caught myself even doing that. Like I had some friends who their, their families look perfect and they have these professional photos for like Thanksgiving. They're all like, like models, you know. They're all like, and and he, here's what I know though. They struggling. Because we're all struggling. Everybody's going through something. It's an illusion. Don't compare yourself to something that isn't real. Don't compare yourself to somebody's highlight reels, right? Because that's gonna steal your joy and you won't be grateful because you're wanting what they have. Why don't I have that? The third reason that we often lack gratitude and lose gratitude is we focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. You're incredibly blessed. You're incredibly blessed. If you don't believe me, take a mission trip to Nicaragua, go with these guys. Go to the Dominican, you know, like, like I've been before. Look at what 